Hello everyone, in today's sample we'll demonstrate how to swap between game scenes using custom transitions. We start by generating a new project using Aux's init tool. We're going to make a couple of small code modifications. First we're going to add a way for us to trigger some scene transitions. Those transitions will be defined in a property stored inside a config section called main. We're then going to iterate over them and check if the associated input has been activated. When this happens, we'll simply create an object with that same name. Lastly, we're going to remove the creation of the initial scene object, and that's it for our code changes. Now let's work on the config. We're going to start by removing all the sections used by the original scene created for us using the init tool. We're then going to modify the display section in order to choose a regular window at 720p, with no texture smoothing. Let's run our little program. We should be getting a nice black window at this point. Good. Let's create the basics for our scene. Our scene object will contain two children, a background, and a bunch of robots. The important part here is the scene store track. It'll store the scene object's ID inside a config section named Runtime under the scene property. The background itself will be a simple texture stretched to fill the area and displayed at the back. Each scene will be dynamically coloured using a config property named HSL Tint stored at the scenes level. This way each different scene will be easily distinguished. Now let's spawn some robots. We'll be using a spawner for this. It'll create 10 robots. The robots will be randomly placed to make it more obvious when we're swapping scenes, even when using the same scene in and out. We'll now create the base for our scene transition object. All this object will do is simply execute a track and delete itself once the track is complete. Let's create our first scene transition. It's going to be red, and we'll use an instant cut transition. We're simply retrieving the current scene, deleting it, and creating a new scene red. Let's try it. Everything's working as expected. We'll now add our second scene, a yellow one, whose transition will be a simple slide-in, slide-out translation effects. This time we're applying a scroll left effects to the current scene to make it scroll outside of the camera's view. Similarly, after a short while, we'll be creating a new scene. We'll move it instantly outside of the camera's view and add an effects to make it scroll right. And that's where it'll be rendered normally. Let's test it. It's already much nicer than the instant cut of the red scene. For our third scene, the green one, we're going to use a common fade approach. We're going to achieve that by rendering a fade object on top of our scenes. To make sure it's rendered last, we'll put it in a separate group that we're going to name fade. We now need to tell the camera it should first render the default group, then followed by the fade one. Object groups, when used by a camera, act as layers, and they're rendered in the order of their definition. 
Our fade object is a simple black transparent pixel that gets stretched to cover the entire camera's field of view. We're then applying an effects to make it become progressively opaque, at which point we'll do the same thing that we did with the red scene. We're simply deleting the old scene and creating the new one. And when it's done, it's time for our fade object to fade away. As its lifetime has been set to FX, once the FX is complete, the faded object itself will be automatically deleted. This transition looks quite smooth as well. Let's see what else we can do. Let's now work on our cyan transition. We're going to use the same approach as with the yellow one, but this time we're going to apply a more complex set of FXs. We're going to make the current scene spiral away and then bring in the new scene into view in a similar fashion. We're going to use two simple effects to combine both a rotation and a scale up-down. Let's test that new transition. Not bad, if not a bit over the top. Finally, we're going to work on a more advanced transition for our blue scene. This time, we're going to achieve a crossfade by keeping both scenes alive at once until the transition is fully over. We're also going to modify the current render pipeline in order to achieve it. We're going to add two new viewports to render the off-screen textures. The first one will render the current scene, while the second one will render the new scene. We're then going to combine both textures with a simple shader to achieve a crossfade effect. As you can see, the track we're using this time is a little bit more complex as it needs to move the scenes physically apart to make sure that they're rendered by different cameras. We also need to create the new viewports. Once the effect is done, we're going to delete the extra viewports, delete the old scene, and move the new scene back inside the main camera's field of view. This one's a little tricky, so I encourage you to pause the video if you want to spend more time understanding that track. The crossfade itself is done with a very simple shader that will transition each screen pixel seemingly randomly based on its position. In order to achieve this, we need four input parameters for this shader. The two textures, each containing the render of a scene, the resolution of our display, and finally, a time parameter to animate the transition. Lastly, we need to create the two viewport camera couples to render the two scenes in separate textures. The texture will be created on the fly by AUX. We just simply need to use the same name as the parameters we defined for our shader. Let's see how it goes. It's quite nice. As you can see, most transitions can even be started before the previous one was over. The only transition that can't be stacked like this is the blue one, as it requires both scenes to physically exist at the same time. More complex scenes might require longer loading times for your assets, but there are more advanced strategies to account for those sorts of situations. 
and they don't really require much added complexity. Hawks can provide us with the number of assets whose loading is still pending. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed the sample, and thanks for watching.